or how does the opposition make their playbook? So you can go through the Old Testament and see God setting the requirements to be a happy people, right? Sure can. God, God says you need to do this, 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 and this. And so I hate you and your God. So my playbook is advocating that you do all those things that you're not supposed to do, right? And sure. and so that is what we spend our time doing. We don't build nuclear bombs. We don't build tanks. We don't do all that. We incite or we promote, well, let's just call it for lack of a better word, sin. And we promote it big time. And we promote it, and we promote it, and we promote it. And before long, you move into the country, don't you? It, the war is over, isn't it? And you hadn't fired a shot. Yeah. And, and I yeah. know that this is things that this is nothing original, but just think of how we miss how we miss it. We we can't even do the basics right. Uh, this guy in Missouri wants to meet out there and form a Christian community, right? Yeah. And and he hadn't figured out who's going to pay the property taxes. We got a great church and a great leader up here in Colorado ten years ago, and we can't get harmony out of that. Um. We got lots of knowledge, but yeah, you but, know it. It reminds me. Let me interject here. It reminds me no, of a scripture, a scripture that we heard a lot in the last twenty-five and thirty years, and you know it well. Hosea four six. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And that's where it always ended, wasn't it? You just nailed it. You just nailed it. Uh, In other words, eliminate the memory, (laughs) right? Take away their memory. Yeah. And they got no knowledge. You actually nailed it because this is what the rest of the verse says. Because thou has rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shall not be priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. And that's the playbook, isn't it? It is. It is. How do I get you to forget your God? Well, I focus in on instant gratification. I uh, I just do everything. I promote everything they're not supposed to do, and that's a that's a perfect plan of attack, isn't it? It is a perfect 
plan of attack. And it works pretty well. I was just going to say, the first thing you do to the people is tell them, you need to make the laws. You know, let's get together and vote on everything. You know, we are the wise, we're the wisdom in this whole thing. Let's us people come up with a, a set of laws. And it'll be of the people, by the people, for the people. And they're all sitting around going, yeah, that that sounds like a great idea. You know? And no, nobody stands up and goes, huh, that's not such a great idea. We're not two or three months out of Egypt and we've strayed off the reservation. We're not all that bright as a people. Matter of fact, we're not, we're kind of, foolish as when we get together and start thinking about laws. So, the, so you know, this whole, this is how this whole legal system in America works. Um, you just pass a law and pass a law and pass a law and pass a law. And before long, who's running this place? The law enforcers, I mean, you know, think about just safety. You can't be safe enough. The whole safety industry. You just concoct another safe thing and turn it into law. Cindy and I got the news last Saturday that we would no longer be able to ride our bikes at 5.30 in the morning unless we had full headlights installed on our bikes. And I asked Texas, I said, you have got to be kidding me. He said, no, Dad, it just passed. It's uh, They're going to write you a 75 or $100 ticket first time because you don't have a headlamp on the front of your bike. And I just said, well, there we go again. Just one more, one more. I'm proud to be an American, <laughs> where at least I know I'm free. I don't know about yeah, you guys, but we, my wife we got... and I. <laughs> I don't know anyway, about you guys, but we got a lot of drunken illegals running people down around here. It's epidemic in Florida. Yeah. They just hit you and run. You might need a full Yeah, I wonder if to... we could... I wonder if we you could know. pass a law that would say that um, if you're illegal and you're drinking at all, um, we just get to execute you after you've committed whatever crime it is. You know, I mean, that, that's safe, isn't it? But then you're 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 being inhumane to a human. See, but as long as you don't violate his laws, he's the lawgiver. Huh. Yeah. Well, we just got through reading Hosea 4.6, and, and we read the whole 
passage instead of the first section of the passage, which our people have been renowned for quoting and uh, professing that our problem is, is we just lack knowledge. And uh, of course, that knowledge is in that law, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Wisdom and knowledge. So if I can take your wisdom, I got you whipped. Absolutely. How do you still know? How do you and steal wisdom? By lying. You take knowledge. Yeah, you take knowledge away. You well, teach you, lies for for knowledge. You get them to forget, don't you? God said over and over, can't y'all remember? I, I brought you out of Egypt. <laughs> it's as if they didn't have a clue. That had to be a monumental moment watching the sea part walking across on dry dry ground. And that didn't even do it. Well, it was, talk about, it was talk really about stiff necked incest. Talk it about was really good back then. Yeah, it was really Go good back there in Egypt, Russell. Don't you know? Look at all the wow. things we had in Egypt. Out here in the yeah. wilderness, we, we don't know what we have. We might all die tomorrow. Our cell phones will run out of battery power in a day or two. It's really pretty good in Egypt. Are you sure we made the right decision? Does God really know what he's doing? Guess we better go back. I think we I think we ought to go back. <laughs> I think we don't really know God very well. And do you remember what you said sometime back? Who are our who's our community of intelligence? You said it's our prophets. And that that's really true, isn't it? God doesn't do anything without telling his prophets first. There's supposed to be a lot of prophetic words going on right now. Well, where do we hear it? I was listening to one prophetess, and she's pretty upbeat. She's saying that God is going to slam the other side big time, and they won't recover. Well, 
I guess this is dumb, but what can you add to what's already been written? I mean, I know we didn't, they didn't have cell phones back then, and I know times are different, but are the principles the same? What those prophets said for God's people, don't they still apply today? I think you need up. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. You know, it is rather old, Russell. I mean, it's quite a few thousand years removed. I, you know, I, I'm not so sure that it isn't all just stories and fables. Well, you don't have any direct proof that any of this stuff really happened, do you? What's that? Noah's Ark? Yeah, I think there is. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> well, I they found the Ark. Yeah. You I'll can go traipse around Jerusalem and find all the places that they talked about. They're still named the same. I'll bet you there's some chariot yeah. wheels somewhere in the Red Sea. Yep, there were golden chariot wheels they photographed in the the Dead Sea. So there's... there's they found Mount Sinai, and the top of Mount Sinai is burnt. They found sulfur balls in Sodom and Gomorrah. Brimstone, there's plenty of proof. Well... I don't and know. That all a, sounds kind of suspect. That all sounds kind of suspect to me. Oh, well, let me hit you with a big nuclear one. There's us. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we got it from somewhere, didn't we? The yearning for the truth. Amen. The hope. Well, then, Amen. Uh, the hope that well, there is a, that, yeah, that there is a remnant. There has to be a remnant because God said there would be a remnant, didn't he? He did. Well, well you know, you can turn that around and say that what can you prove that's wrong? They find more archaeological finds all the time. They found Jericho with the smashed walls with the babies sacrificed in the bottles in the wall. I think yeah, and that one was interesting. They, they said that the, wind, uh, the walls just basically imp- fell so that they were able to just walk right over the wall in Jericho. Yeah, the guys in Jericho didn't believe either. (laughs) They do now. (laughs) They didn't last long because they wiped out the city, the kids, the parents. I think the animals too. 
They probably left a couple of lives so they could spread the word that the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob is coming to town. Well, well, let me interject here. We are told over and over and over that when those uh, that next set of elections is at the 22s of the midterms, we're going to flip this thing around and fix everything. Have you ever heard that, Rich? I've heard it. We're going to take but the I'll house. Tell you what, what the prophetess is saying, it, it could be very surprising what happens. God has had it with these people. Well, in my, in my state, in the... Um, well, thank God... Thank God that God has had it with it because his people certainly don't seem to be ha- having enough of it yet, do they? Seem to be powerless. The enemy's got their scribes and Pharisees dominating the, the narrative. Well, damn them then is what I say. Well, the people have been abandoned by the churches. When they shut down the churches for this pandemic foolishness, they spit in God's face. Yeah, they shot him the finger, didn't they? They sure did. Because we're going to believe Fauci, not you, God. If the churches started standing up, they could have crumbled the whole plan. You know, and that's right back to what we started with, uh, Russell, you know, when you think about it, because as I told you guys, I attended one of the first gatherings when it was, you know, uh, hitting, hitting the the pavement are running about what was fixing to happen. And, and it was the, the shutdown and, uh, you know, open up, open your businesses up. You know, it's along the lines of the conversation my wife and I had driving home here today is you're just sitting there going, you know, where did this country go? where you were free. And if the people haven't woke up now that they really are not free and it's maybe it's that they really, it really is that they, it is freedom that they do not want. They would rather be um, taken care of mommied and daddied until the end of their days by the, by the nanny um, you know, Uncle Sam. And it certainly is on the trajectory because there's a hundred million baby boomers that are, are going to be right in line to go lockstep. And I do believe that's exactly why the push has been as hard as it's been in America is because they know there are a hundred million nipple suckers coming. Well, the death rate and, right now is up 40%, so they're getting rid of the baby boomers by the dozen. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, we couldn't have that social oh. security program be found out to be the the sham that it was. So, um, yeah. I want to I want to throw this out there. Make America great again. Was that four words? That's that's nothing but an idea, isn't it? It's just an idea somebody had. Now, we have the so-called leader, biggest leader in the world, hottest shot dude on the planet. He's our president, Mr. Biden. And he, out of his mouth, he proclaimed, if you are a supporter or in, in favor of make America greater again, you are my enemy. Did you hear him say that? Absolutely. Absolutely, that's what it said. That is a declaration of war. That's no different than Pearl Harbor, sinking of the Lusitania. No different at all. And yet, well, Russell, now that you now that you've uh, swerved into that four letter and acronym, um, how about MJKA? I think I've got another T-shirt idea for you, and I really <laughs> wish you'd start putting my T-shirt ideas to to work because I have no doubt you'd be a millionaire today. And with this next one that I've got for you, which is MJKA, um, that ought to. Too. Huh? That's a great deal. Take it, take it. It's going to make you a millionaire. You, you know, T-shirt I, ideas are like, they're like anal orifices. And, and I've been in the business 30 years. It's, it's you got to control production and, and outlets, no matter how good your idea is. But I am very interested, far away. Make Jesus king again. That one is a good one. No doubt about it. That is a really good one. That is the best one you I've know, ever heard. I'd sure, I'd sure like to hear the, I'd hear, sure like to hear the candidate that, that wants to use that as his campaign slogan. And I want to hear the guy to stand up and say, all these MJKI nuts are a bunch of ter- domestic terrorists. Of, of, they might of say, course. well, you thought the MAGA was bad. What are we going to do with these guys? Yeah, Doug, that's good. That's very good. <laughs> How much do you... Can we do a pay- uh, uh, Listen, as... Yeah, yeah, it's recording, recording, so, yes, it's recording, so somebody's going to steal it now, so, um, and they'll take all the profits, Russell, and, and you'll be left out, and therefore you won't be able to pass any to me either, because, um, um, yeah, it's, it's out there now, it's, it's, it's going to become part of the cyberspace, but, that really is, uh, you know, there's a, from one of the patriar- 
patriarch uh, forebearers in this country. Um, no king but King Jesus. Now that was a a a battle cry, um, you know, a long time ago, uh, 225 years or 40 years ago, or more. I guess it's probably closer to 250 years. And you see, they're afraid of this, you know, Christian nationalism. And the reason is, is because it it means exactly that. It, it means the Christian is on top and the others are on the bottom. And that's just another one of these things that, that can't happen. Now, you were talking about taking the knowledge away and, and the, the battle plan and, and what you would do in those situations. And this is another one of these cases, as I began reflecting over the last couple of weeks on the racial exclusivity series, which I received a few emails regarding, and additionally, I got a few emails because it has opened up the door to some other, you know, reviews of other audio archives. Uh, the bird's eye view of Revelation has received a couple of of emails regarding what an eye opener that's been, and. As I was reflecting on this racial exclusivity, several months ago, a daughter of a biblical Israelite was crushed, brokenhearted, because the man who chose to court her was appalled by her righteous indignation. regarding the encouragement or education of her future children to be mixed with those of other races in marriage. And this young man was so appalled by this, quote, anti-Christian, end quote, behavior mm -hmm. of the young woman that the relationship groaned for the revealing of his own biblical identity. However, this would not be the case. Rather, his identity as a Judeo-Christian, or at the least, a universalist Christian, Mm -hmm. uh, two times hell was paramount and all the resources were brought against her biblical teaching in an intense endeavor to shame and bully her into abandoning her core biblical training and knowledge mm -hmm. 
And I addressed the situation at that time. I believe one of them was the veil of race. Another one was race baiters and race haters. Um, I believe directly it was hypocritical Christian racism that predominantly was wielded. Uh, there's another uh, one that comes to mind, um, King David's Moabite great-grandmother. And th those were all approaches, if you will, and lessons to support her core beliefs and to put to shame those of the professing Christian who didn't know any of these things. And, you know, I'm going to blame this one on Russell again. Because... <clears throat> Hey, wait a minute. Is Russell your new whipping boy? <laughs> Russell's my new whipping post. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to blame this one on him again because... because hey, um, I'm going to back you, you up, know, Russell. He's getting mean. Get that a couple out. of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, Russell says, I think this was in private conversation, but it may have been on a one of the fellowships and he, he basically said well why can't our sons and daughters marry black children you know in some so many different words or whatever that he used yeah and I, and I know he says those things he, he says those things rhetorically because he exactly. wants me to the edge of the cliff and and he's you know he's goading me to see if I will go off the cliff and so occasionally i i get real close to the edge of that cliff and i i go to grab his hand so that he'll come off with me but he pulls that hand back and and i'm off the cliff and it reminds me of this old photo that i used to have in fact i put it up in a garage sale did that sell jeremiah at the garage sale and here's this cowboy. He's he's been on his horse, obviously, and over the edge of the cliff, he's hanging there with his two hands on this old dead tree, and the rocks are crackling around where that old dead tree is still rooted in the side of that cliff. <clears throat> and he's hanging on, and the horse is um, uh, is still in the stirrups and in the saddle. And he's holding that horse up with the stirrups and everything. It's, it's called the cliffhanger. And I find myself feeling like, you know, Russell has pulled that hand back. And there I go. And I, I went over that cliff. And I'm just holding on. And I'm waiting for somebody to pull me back up that cliff. Because, you know, these approaches and lessons, they're usually spent in vain on those who, who, whose ears won't be opened. To the biblical truths because the universal truth is far more appealing to professing christians who actually reject biblical truths for lies 
And this one is is no exception. This lie that the children have been being taught in the last hundred years, probably, certainly in the last 75 with earnesty. Um, and I, I don't, again, uh, Rich, I'm glad you stepped up to defend, but know of a certainty that I mean nothing derogatory by that, but it, it, is, it is profound encouragement to take this leap of faith. Um, to biblically face and address this chasm of universal belief that the God of the Bible simply is sanctioning and literally condoning adulteration and miscegenation of the races. Can, can I speak and, right quick? <laughs> sorry but i have to you're gonna push him abraham, off the cliff abraham had a son didn't he yep. you remember and he was told by god almighty the creator of the universe He's gonna, I'm, we're going to use him for a sacrifice. Now, is this true or false? Come on, guys. Well, he didn't say it exactly. He didn't say it. He didn't say it exactly like that. But go ahead. I boil it down to the uh, the Bible for dummies. Okay, here's my point. It didn't make sense. If you sat down and tried to rationalize it all out, it did not make sense. I'm not, can't you hear him? I'm not going to worship a God that wants my firstborn dead, burned on a pile of rubble. And there's a million and one reasons why he could have not done what God told him to do. But what did Abraham, what made Abraham so much different than every other Tom, Dick, and Harry on the planet? He said, okay, God, that's what you tell me to do. That's what I will do. Isn't that the bottom line? Well, did you ever think of this? That, um... Abraham was over 100 years old at that point, right? Don't enter the dimension. Oh, okay, okay Rich. Okay, Rich. Rich is going to play the age card here. And, and he was make over 100 years old. And this, to do with faith. <laughs> and he God had this teenager, this teenager <laughs> with him who was bad-mouthing him. God was testing Abraham. And Abraham passed the test, didn't he? Because Abraham gave up uh, everything he loved so dearly or was willing to. And God said, I can use this guy. Go ahead, Doug. you uh, uh, You know, I just, I think about, you know, 
was was Abraham muttering all the way up the mountain? Was he? And you have to know that he he absolutely was not because just the way you put all that, Russell, is there was not anything in Abraham at all that could have been muttering at all about what this was. I it's 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 remarkable how and I think Rich is correct, you know, being that he was at that age, you have you know, my name is Abraham. And that name means father of many. And right now it ain't looking too good for me. And, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm willing, I am, I am willing at this point to go ahead and do what it is that you say that I should do so that I will pass this precipice into becoming the father of nations. I really don't believe that, he had any muttering under his voice or anything. I believe he absolutely did exactly as the biblical record conveys and just went ahead and marched up that ma- that mountain intending to do exactly as was commanded and expected. And that's a man God could use. Yeah. God God could make a promise with this man and expect the man to keep his end of the deal. And so the reason I brought this up is this this race thing, they make it appear to be uh, righteous. You know, the the minorities yeah. have, have come to Jesus. They're one of us. And so they are, I you guess. Are. But it, it doesn't yeah. nullify the point, does it? No, it doesn't. And you're exactly right with that. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it doesn't erase the point, And you're exactly right. And, you know, Isaac has reminded us on these fellowships that, you know, we we wind up actually having to know the Bible better than others because not only do we have to biblically support a biblical truth, we have to undo the non-biblical belief. And so it is with this biblical, yeah, so it is with the biblical truth of adultery and specifically miscegenation. It has to be biblically learned so your son or daughter will more effectively dissuade the bulliers to find other victims because we arm them with the biblical foundation to deflect the fiery darts of the false teachers and the false professors to be Christians. And we biblically argue for the truth. And the foundation of that truth uh, that is adulteration uh, or adultery and miscegenation lies in the fundamental law of God. And, and that is, of course, is one of the things that the church world has told most professing Christians is no longer applicable. And so consequently, the law of adultery, if it is known by most professing Christians, 
it's nearly always misunderstood or has been misinterpreted in their training, or it's only applied in a certain way. And that training or indoctrination is nearly always universally understood as that unlawful union of a man with a married woman and vice versa. Okay. Hold <laughs> well, this hold law... You, you just used the word adultery. We go to Black's Law Dictionary and it tells us what adultery is. Voluntary sexual intercourse with a married person with a person other than the offender's husband or wife. That's what we're taught, isn't it, Doug? We're taught that definition over and over. Now, back up a little bit, and you find adulteration and adulterine in the same dictionary, and you see where it says the act of corrupting or debasing. Now, that's a whole different thing, isn't it? Adultery, adulterating gold with with aluminum, and now, now if we tell our children it's going to corrupt you, it's going to. I told mine it's going to cause a problem you don't need. Okay, go ahead. And the 1828 dictionary says of adulterate, it is a verb transitive. It's from Latin adultero, from adulter, mixed, or adulterer, ad adulter, ad and alter, I should say. I said adulter, but it's ad and adulter to corrupt debase or make impure by an admixture of baser materials as to adulterate liquors or the coin of a country to commit adultery and tainted with adultery to debase by foreign mixture to debase by foreign mixture mm-hmm. it's interesting that you swerve Right on ahead to a definition of the term, Russell, because how can we possibly understand what is happening to our children in this regard if we cannot bring them to the proper definitions so that they might understand? And it's not so much our children, it's it's those that our children are having to associate with. It's our guys in the pulpit. They don't know what adultery is. They may know right, one the guys, definition of it. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, and therein and lies while the problem. This, yeah, and this law is still part of the Ten Commandments, which many professing Christians believe is applicable today, but yet it's nearly universally disregarded. Like all of them, I guess, really should be because of course that's what they want us to believe but then why hang the ten commandments anywhere if they're done away with and if this law that is the seventh commandment was to be understood 
to be only applied to that nearly universal use and meaning. And if that's the way it was meant and intended by Yahweh, what need did he have in giving the 10th commandment not to covet thy neighbor's wife? Coveting is an inordinate desire. Well, if you're going to carry the inordinate desire to its natural conclusion. And you're going to call the natural conclusion adultery. Well, then you're going to have a skewed understanding of what the command was about. Now. Now, let me interrupt. I just this just came over me. You can have gold, you can have silver. Thou shalt not adulterate. Still, even if it's silver and it's gold, leave the gold alone, leave the silver alone. Don't mix. So my point here, yes, the the black man, the oriental man, the other man, falls in love with Jesus, follows Jesus' ways, falls in line with the teaching of God Almighty, he's got to see that he cannot commit adultery either. Right? He's following God. You would think, yeah, you would think so, wouldn't you? You, if he's if he's living what he's professing, and he's to, we're to love each other, we're to love each other because we're loving God above each other. And so, and wouldn't you think? And wouldn't sacrifice. you think? And wouldn't you think that that love would transcend to that Asiatic man, to that black man? Enough that he would say, I want to teach my race to go and do likewise and not adulterate. My goal. If you love me, you keep my commandments. He wants his gold pure just like we do, right? Yes. And we're not haters for speaking this we're not bad people we're just stating what our creator stated right i we can't take credit for it absolutely or we or we'd read it the, out yeah no we'd be like now there's there's some God. things Go ahead. Yeah, there's there's some things that, you know, one could spend a lot of time um, and put some more things together. And, and as I say, we've done a number of fellowships, three, four of them, I think, that address in many different you know ways uh, this lesson. But 
when when you said that to me there a couple weeks ago or whenever it was, you know, I thought, you know, the more I reflected on this this racial exclusivity, this is another one of these things that probably is going to have to be addressed as part of racial exclusivity. And um, but for the sake of tonight's um, fellowship, let's really try to address some adulteration myths. And myth, as in M-Y-T-H, if that didn't come across clear. <clears throat> the first thing that one should begin with is the definitions, which which we did do. But I'd like to take some of the young people to this definition right here. I really thought it was an excellent definition. But, of course, it's not definition of adultery or adulteration, which means to, you know, uh, uh, let's let's recap the Webster's 1828 tainted with adultery debased by foreign mixture okay debased by foreign mixture so now does that mean that automatically the debasing is because that which comes from the adulteration is somehow debased and therefore inferior to the original? Well, yeah, um, kind of, sort of. To be brutally blunt, it's striking to me that if you mix or adulterate foreign mixture that would be white with black white with asiatic any other it does it doesn't matter pick 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 the mixture does that not debase the original and if it does debase the original it does by definition if it debases the original why would you want to do that So I'm trying to come at this with just a little bit of a different approach again, uh-huh. you know, in, in hopes good. that maybe the maybe the approach has, you know, has reached some cognitive gray area of of those that have been adulterated. Very good. <laughs> and I don't mean adulterated by by a foreign mixture of of race, I mean a foreign mixture of truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just so summed it we up have, really um, well, Doug. The the racehorse industry, the dog industry, all these other animals of the world, they don't get to do that. They you know they don't get to adulterate. Uh, you know, it happens probably in nature, maybe, I don't know, but you don't cross a quarter horse with a one of those conduct, Kentucky Derby horses uh, without, like you said, bringing down one or the other a notch. Exactly. They want, exactly. They want those. I know it sounds crass to, to compare to to horses, but we have lots of, we have lots of data on that animal, don't we? Uh, there is, in fact, there is lots of data, and and 
I'm not even going to have time to approach that data, but um, we have to swerve into another definition because um, the it's necessary, um, and that is what does you know mixing of the races or what is the word that identifies it? And the word that identifies it is miscegenation. Just just a simple duck duck go search, and you'll come up with uh, a word nick um response at least i did noun number one cohabitation sexual relations marriage or interbreeding involving persons of different races especially in historical contexts as a transgression of the law number two mixture or amalgamation of races applied especially to sexual union between individuals of the black and white races Number three, a mixing of races, amalgamation, as by intermarriage of black and white. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. You have definitions of adulterate and adultering and miscegenation, which are the two words predominantly that need to be understood in order to identify what these things are or what this issue is that that mm -hmm. is being described and by having those definitions uh an interesting one here also was wikipedia miscegenation is the interbreeding of people who are considered members of different races the word now usually considered a pejorative is derived from a combination of latin terms Mystere, meaning to mix, and genus, meaning race, from the Hellenic. The word first appeared in, in uh, a pretended anti-abolitionist pamphlet and others published anonymously in advance of the 1864 U.S. presidential election. The term came to be associated with laws that banned interracial marriage and sex were known as anti-miscegenation laws. So once again, you see, um, we're going to take knowledge away by basically terming it a pejorative. And, um, uh, you know, begin the process of, of re-educating people. Uh, and so the churches have done so. And I wanted to take at least five instances in the Bible, and I hope I've got enough time now here in the next half hour to do that some justice. And we want to address these, these biblical myths of Israelite miscegenation as uh, basically God condoning miscegenation in contradistinction of his law against it. Can, can and I, I will admit right quick. Just real quick, Doug, let me have two seconds. Instead of the word mix, insert the word change. And we've seen lots of signs about people wanting change, haven't we? Mm-hmm. 
So turn to Exodus chapter two. And I think this is where it is. I didn't actually write this one down. Oh, yeah. Um, um, I got a note here in this one. That's an interesting note, too. Um, uh, 2.19. Um, this is Moses has now fleed uh, from the Pharaoh of Egypt and um, it says in 16 the priest of Midian had several had seven daughters and they came and drew water and that's at 16 and the shepherds came and drove them away but Moses stood up and helped them and watered the flock And when they came to Ruel, their father, he said, how is it that you are come so soon today? That's 18, now 19. They said, an Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds and also drew water enough for us and watered the flock. You probably wonder where in the world I'm going with that. (laughs) Well, where I'm going with that is Moses is an Egyptian. Well, he's a Hebrew. Oh, Rich, do you always have to be so technical? (laughs) Of course, yes, he's a Hebrew. You're exactly right. He's a Bible. He's an Egyptian in mindset. He was an Egyptian by geography. He was an Egyptian by geography, and he obviously was dressed in Egyptian garb. Mm-hmm. You see, the point is, is that our youth have got to understand that an American can be a white man and can now be a black man and can now be a red man and can now be an asiatic man and can now even be a hybrid mexican man or a not a man a man woman by by geography (laughs) by geography by geography it's so important that they understand by geography. Now I need to move because I won't get through. Um, <clears throat> so my, I wanted to bring that point out because Moses is referred to as an Egyptian and it's written in the record that way. But the record is written that way because the record is conveying the story as the women conveyed it to Ruel. This is why we take language classes and stuff so that we can understand how to read and why we read what we read so that we understand what we read. And I mean, no, you know, I mean, nothing by that. But the first one of these myths that comes down the pike here is that Moses, you see, he had a wife, and that wife, Aaron and Miriam complained about. 
remember? And so the belief is that there was something wrong with that wife. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 3. Uh, well, I don't want that here yet. Um, I know why I put that note in there. We'll go there later. So here in, uh, in uh, uh, where is that? Uh, I guess I didn't make a note of that. Is that in... I was in Exodus 2 there being called an Egyptian. So, yeah, it would be Genesis. Flip over to Genesis. And uh, no, it's not going to be there either. All right. Everybody knows where I'm trying to go. Somebody can find it if they want. Um, uh, the reason I was thinking of, of Genesis, because Genesis chapter 25. Well, and then I'll come are, back are to you? Moses here. Um, in Genesis chapter 25, 1, Abraham took a wife and her name was Keturah. And she bare him Zimran and Jokshan and Medan and Midian and Ishbak and Shua. Okay, you need to remember that scripture. And you need to remember those names that were born unto Abraham by Keturah. Somebody was starting to say something. Um, did somebody have something they wanted to add about Moses' wife, uh, Zipporah, or because uh, uh, I, like I said, I, I go ahead. No, go, I was just going to insert what I thought you were looking for, and it fell out of my hand. So now I'm back to All did right. you say twenty five nineteen? Uh, no, I was in Exodus 2.19 first, then I went to Genesis 25.1 and 2. And okay. the thing I was trying to relate here, and, and again, I, I, I apologize that I didn't have that together, but I, I need the scripture where a, uh, Moses, where e, um, Miriam and um, Aaron are complaining about Moses' wife and Jeremiah, you can probably find that for me quick. Um, but I wanted to bring about that Abraham had, uh, through Keturah, he had, he had, there were children born through Keturah. And it calls one of them Midian. And that's very important because mm -hmm. when Moses is in Midian here at the well that we just read about, in Exodus 2.19, he has just fled. It. Yeah, which what, what's the passage? You can pull it up and get it ready Numbers for 12. Yeah, I did have Numbers 12 in there, but for some reason I was thinking that was, I thought that was the, oh, that was, yeah, okay, that was the Ethiopian, but I'm looking for Zipporah. Yeah, uh, I'm looking for Zipporah. Uh, and that's the one I didn't put in my notes. <clears throat> but anyhow, Genesis 25, 1 and 2, is where I took us to so that we would know who a Midianite was. And that that Midianite lineage then was of Abraham's lineage through Keturah. So when Moses has this Zipporah given to him, 
according to Jasher, it may only be in Jasher where that's at, because I have a note here right there at that Exodus uh, 2.19 where in my Bible I wrote, Jasher says that Moses was 40 years as a prince or ruler in Cush. And of course, Jeremiah just mentioned uh, Cushite. And that's exactly what you have is you have those of Cush, including the Midianite woman that Moses was given um, as the book of Jasher conveys. And then in Genesis 25, as I said, you have who was a Midian, a Midian, a Midian was a Midianite of the seed or the line of Midia who was born to Keturah. Then in Numbers 12, 1, where Jeremiah just mentioned uh, the uh, wife uh, that is referred to as an Ethiopian, our people need to understand that this is another one. Miriam and Aram spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Okay? Well, the New American Standard actually translate that as Cushite. And it's mm -hmm. uh, that word again is number uh, 3561, and it describes it as a descendant of Cush. And in Genesis 10, 6 is where you learn that Cush is a son of Ham, the grandson of Noah. And Ham was a brother of Shem. So what you have here is the lineage that's all within Abraham's lineage. And many professing Christians who want to use these as a proof text, these scriptures here about Moses having some adulterated wife or some adulterated or miscegenation uh, uh, relationship here, it's literally untrue. It's not even anywhere supported. But again, if you take that knowledge away, which is the knowledge of basic reading and understanding and definitions and so forth, then you're going to have problems. You're going to have people who are going to believe something that is not true and consequently will fall into error. Amen. Joseph is another one. Joseph is another one. And this one here is really one that ought to really smack people's, you know, sensibilities the first thing you want to say well joseph has you know an egyptian wife again i didn't write down the scriptures but what scriptures i did write down psalm 78 we're going to be in the psalms so let's just go there psalms 78 Um, and let's start with 50. He made a way to his anger. He spared not their soul from death, but gave their life over to the pestilence and smote all the firstborn in Egypt, the chief of their strength 
in the tabernacles of Ham. Did you catch that? The Egyptians were Hamites. More proof about Psalms 105. Israel also came, I'm at verse 23, into Egypt, and Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham. Drop down to verse 27. They showed his signs among them and wonders in the land of Ham. Egypt at that time was under Hyksos rule. And they were a Semitic or a Shemitic group of people. They were shepherd kings who ruled in Egypt. So I guess Joseph and his wife Asenath. was a product of miscegenation. No, read 24. But no, no. the reality is, and the truth is, 24 of what? Psalms 10. Yeah, Psalms 104. I'll read it for you. 24 of 105. And he caused his people to be very fruitful. Starting 23, Israel also came into Egypt. Thus Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham. He caused his people to be very fruitful and made them stronger than their adversaries. Wait. Get that. I may have misapplied that. Well, yeah. And so they were Hamites. Uh, again, there is no different race. And isn't it funny? It's not funny, but isn't it strange and odd how they will use these types of scriptures as proof texts, knowing that most people won't ever delve into this enough to even determine the validity of such a statement. Mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you the number of times I've had people that say, you know, I've tried to read the Bible and I just don't get it. All these begats, 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 begats. You know, and, and it has occurred to me over the years, they haven't even got beyond the begats. And so I would say to some of these people who have said that to me in the past, I said, just skip the begats. If the begats are that much of a problem to you, just skip them and see if there isn't something else you can glean by the rest of it. You know, in other words, if something is that much of a stumbling block, remove the stumbling block and get on with it. Another one of these that they they tend to use is Rahab of Jericho. 
And I'm just going to ask somebody right now, point me to a scripture and verse where the Rahab of Joshua's day, her lineage is recorded. Just point me to a scripture and verse where Rahab of Joshua's day's lineage is recorded. Let me ask some questions. What if she was a Hamite living in Jericho, called a Canaanite in the land of Canaan? Is this actually the Rahab of Jesus lineage or is it simply a Rahab of another and just name so? Uh, give me a scripture and verse, please. Additionally, how about a scripture and verse or verses where Jesus lineage emanates from Canaanite lineage or miscegenation? Give me a verse or verses, please. I do need to give you something. And, and the reason I'm going to give it out of this dictionary is because uh this is accepted in the courts to beget is to procreate as the father i just want to clear that up that's black flaw dictionary to procreate as the father if that's what you do when you beget so we cleared that up then we're done we did Thank you again. Now everybody knows what the get. Yeah. Yeah. No more and as I say, you know, point me to the verses or verses where Jesus' lineage emanates from Canaanite lineage or miscegenation. In other words, requiring two different races. We've read the Wikipedia term. It's not there. It's not there. And not only is it not there, in fact, in the series of messages we just got through doing over the last few weeks, we reiterated that it was only one of their brethren that could redeem them according to the prophecies. doesn't say a miscegenated kindred in fact to be a kinsman redeemer you had to be a near kinsman and why is this rahab named in hebrews 11 one if a canaanite by lineage Why is she connected where only those racially connected with the people out of whom the biblical Israelites emerge? Maybe we should read that one scripture that we used last week. It's in Deuteronomy 17. And uh, guidelines for a king for Israel. 
when thou art come unto the land which the Lord thy God, I'm at 15, uh, I'm at 17, 6, 17, 14. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God gives thee, shall possess it and shall dwell there and shalt say, I will set a king over me, like as all the nations that are about me. Thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee, whom the Lord thy God shall choose. One from among thy brethren shalt thou set king over thee. Thou mayest not set a stranger over thee, which is not thy brother, end quote. Would to God that professing Christians understood this one verse <clears throat> and understand that indeed he says, when you go into a land and you shall say, I'm going to set a king over me. And you're going to say, we're going to write this constitution and we're going to select our king to reside over us and we'll call him a president and he says you shall in any wise do this and when you do you shall choose one from among your brethren that is who you shall set over you you shall not set a stranger over you boy wouldn't that be a hoot yeah it seems like there is some qualifications similar to that But we just and not only that. Yeah, not only that, once again, my favorite chapter. Chapter one of Luke. Reiterates, you know. Um, where do we begin best uh, chapter one, verse 68 blessed be maybe I want to even get a little earlier than that. Um. Yeah. Behold, thou shalt conceive. I'm at 31. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom. There shall be no end. 68. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. Straight out of Jeremiah 3.8 prophecy. Has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. That we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. Dropping down to 76. And thou child shall be called the prophet of the highest. For thou shalt go before the face of the Yahweh to prepare his ways. To give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of God. You know, this is why Jews refer to Jesus as a dog and a bastard born of a prostitute conceived in her menstrual cycle. To keep you from knowing you've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. The lamb sacrificed to redeem Jacob Israel. And that, incidentally, is how you know they are not. I did a, um, we had a fellowship um, looking at my list here. I think it's in the 200s in the archives. Uh, hypocritical Christian racism was 240. Mm. 
I'm looking for David's Moabite great grandmother, I believe is the way I titled that. Anyhow, <clears throat> and that covers Ruth. So I'm not going to spend any time on Ruth. I'll let that stand on its own. And but simply put, the Moabites, who were the Moabites? The Moabites. Moab. Yeah, they it was the son of Lot. Uh, Abraham's brother. The Moab was the result of one of the daughters um, essentially incestually taking the law, taking matter into their own hands, thinking that they needed to preserve Lot's seed. And they became and they Moabites, and that's why the Moabites Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, didn't they wind up being a thorn in Israel's side? Well, yeah, they they stood in the way when when they were coming into the promised land, as I recall, <coughs> and 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 impeded that. They hired so the. The point is, yeah. The point is, there's not one biblical miscegenation and adulteration that they can point to, but let's stuff the fat foot of the miscegenation sister into God's biblical decrees. Um, there is a guy, a black guy, I want to say his name is Willie. Do you recall Richard Russell? Um, he actually, I think, did some kind of a of a video, perhaps. Uh, I think I've seen a video or something that he did where he explains this whole thing of miscegenation from a black man's perspective. And quite eloquently for his people. Mm -hmm. and, and the whole point is, if you're going to adulterate or miscegenate, and it, it always takes two races. And isn't the result of that miscegenation something other than the original? And the answer, of course, is Yes. Well, then why are you adulterating the original? Because you can? Well, there's a lot of things that modern science <clears throat> adulterates all the time. Because they can't. But just because you can doesn't mean you should. 
I've said this over and over again. Every thou shalt not does not mean that you cannot or you are not capable of. Every thou shalt not is a positive of a negative. You shall not if you wish to have abundant life. You shall not take another man's life because you forfeit your life. You forfeited your right to life when you took another man's life. When you kidnap another, you forfeit liberty because you've kidnapped. And when you think about all these law enforcement officials out here kidnapping people, really under the guise of law, boy, wouldn't they think twice about hauling you in and taking you from your liberty if they understood <clears throat> that they've actually kidnapped you under the guise of law? So there's no case anywhere in the scriptures that you can point to that authorized biblical miscegenation or adulteration. So why do some want to invent one? They have to invent one. It's the yeah. only way their ship floats. They have to take away your knowledge your understanding of what is right in God's eyes and put something else in your eyes. And so, people, don't be dissuaded and bullied by this. Stand your ground and fire back with the word of God proudly and incessantly <clears throat> and make them prove their own negative. I don't know if this will help. But I pray, Heavenly Father, You might deliver this to those ears who want to hear it, desire to hear it, not wanting to be shamed by it, but abundantly blessed in it. It has nothing to do with us here, it has everything to do with your word, Father. Let your word go out. To those ears that would hear and let them be assured in your word that you're not a God of confusion and you certainly aren't a God of miscegenation 
and adultery. That they may know and believe you have your reasons. And the reasons are out of love for your creation. And I thank you for that, Father. The truth, foundation of your word. Bless this wherever it may go. To the edifying of your people. In Jesus' name I ask, I count on, and I trust in completely. And Amen. Amen. There's just no denying the truth, is there, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen? You you can try. You know what, Doug? I was sitting here thinking. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Commit means to perpetrate as a crime. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah. And to per and, and of course per, a perpetrator is a term that denotes the person who acts commits crimes. <laughs> it's a perpetrator. So thou mm-hmm. shalt not commit a crime. Thou shalt not do a crime. The how about putting it this way? Thou thou how about how about putting it this way? Thou shalt not commit lawlessness. Well, yeah, okay. You stole my thunder. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thou shalt do the right thing. <laughs> And of course, I haven't I haven't brought up the woman uh, caught in adultery that is so often brought up in the New Testament scriptures. But but once again, Jesus said, "Stoner, whichever of you can, stoner." And I suspect, I've said this before, I suspect that when he was doodling on the ground, he was beginning with the eldest, and he was writing Miriam's name, Josephine's name, Samantha's name, you know, I'm just throwing names out here, to convict those who were standing before him as her accusers. And of course, the glaring omission in all of it is they did not bring the man. And so the justification is that, you know, Jesus didn't condemn this woman in adultery. No, he told her to go and sin no more. He gave her an opportunity of forgiveness. I would sure like to believe that all of us can receive the benefit of that. Yeah, and when he said stop doing it, let's say she had an STD. 
Okay, you got to live with it, sister, but stop doing it. You know, the damage has been done. Stop doing it. It will lead to your total destruction. And it leads to genocide. And one final thought, it leads to genocide of the race. And what I found interesting, hold on, Russell, what I found interesting in this was another thing. It it was always, um, it always seemed to be in the definitions they used such as a white person with a black person. It was really interesting to me in many of the definitions where they 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 began those definitions or included that in the definition. Or rather, at least they used a white person and a member of another race. Now, I found that really interesting. Why was it so important in the definitions? I'm looking at Merriam-Webster's here. I just pulled it back up. Uh, Definition of miscegenation, a mixture of races, especially marriage, cohabitation, or sexual intercourse between a white person and a member of another race. Isn't that interesting? That the definition would always begin by saying between a white person and a member of another race. Why doesn't it say between a black person and a member of another race? Now, maybe this is just uh, Miriam Wenster's 18, uh, you know, 28, you know, and, and they've just added a few things to it over the years, and they haven't realized that they really need to get with the politically correct, uh, you know, definition here or something. I, I don't know. But I thought that was interesting. Just one little tidbit. And isn't it any wonder that the intention is to do away with that white race, especially that white race that's connected with their Israelite biblical identity? So that's all I had. So. I will shut down that recording for this time, and I hope that that will be of a benefit.